Kasha! This is Michelangelo, aka Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we're going to be talking about episodes 7, 8, and 9 of season 4 of the 1987 series. So that's Turtle Maniac, Rondo in New York, and Planet of the Turtles. Planet of the Turtles. (laughs) So... Mike, I know you're watching these uh, like digitally, like you bought them digitally. I have the yes. the DVDs, and on season four DVDs, it says Planet of the Turtleoids is on disc twenty three, but that's Planet of the Turtleoids, not Planet yes. of the Turtles. So I stuck in disc twenty three and was immediately confused. <laughs> it's a whole thing. So, it was a whole deal. <laughs> I made that same mistake because in my head. I was thinking Planet of the Turtleoids when I picked this episode. Yeah. Okay. So uh, definitely my mistake on that one. However, I wasn't as I wasn't as disappointed as I could have been. It really made me realize how inconvenient DVDs can be. I had to stand up twice. <laughs> I told you guys, man, bunch of bullcrap. <laughs> yeah, buying it buying it digitally was the smartest decision I I made you know regarding turtles in a long time i don't know there's there's eight episodes on these dvds like i only have to switch it out like once every couple you know every few weeks like once every like a couple months really i don't even i don't even have to download the episodes i can just watch them in the voodoo app (laughs) are there only eight episodes suddenly there have been 12 on every other season i must have tried to squeeze some more money out of consumers probably yeah yeah so this was so i remember i remember when these were coming out individually it was like season four part one. Oh, um, okay if i if i remember correctly i just i remember um like them splitting up some of the seasons for some reason <laughs> because there's 112 episodes a season <laughs> yeah something yeah, like that yeah. but this was also in that like dark age because like I remember buying anime DVDs and it was like four episodes for 20 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) So trying to buy a whole show like I did back then uh, was quite the inspector, an expensive endeavor. Mm. Mm. But uh, sorry if I sound weird tonight. I just had my like teeth cleaned the other day and like my mouth still feels all weird. Oh, I don't know. You You sounded fine to me. (laughs) <laughs> i just i just feel like i have to move my mouth more um anyway sorry that was gross that's okay hey, you want to hear gross i haven't had my teeth cleaned in like 
when was Obama president? <laughs> well, there you go. Yo, you know what's great about that joke? Is it's gonna it's gonna age better every year, right? It was be yeah. longer and longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Uh, all right. Well, who's starting us off tonight? Who wants to tell a story? Oh, oh man, who's, who's doing Turtle Maniac? It is I. I will do it. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So, episode seven, Turtle Maniac, Maniac, on the show. That's for sure. <laughs> Written by Roby Gorin. Uh, it was released September 18th of 1990, so we're, we're in the 90s now. We have been for a hot minute now, but, you know, I figured I'd just say it again. Someone has been going around and stealing turtles memorabilia from all over the city. Somebody's poisoned the water hole, sorry. <laughs> After going out for pizza with April, the turtles come to find a burglar in her apartment. They chase after him and get his car surround and surround his car, but they lose him after he makes the car spray laughing gas. And so then they end up sitting around laughing and they cannot uh, stop and he's able to get away just like his boss ordered. April goes to the address that matches the license plate of that car. And uh, meanwhile, the turtles go back to April's after having headed back to the sewers and they find uh, the notepad that she wrote the address on and they go to help her. April discovers that the address belongs to billionaire collector Monroe Q. Flem. April hops his fence, but is then captured and thrown in a cage. She also learns that he is behind all of the thefts and that he is making the world's biggest Ninja Turtles collection. The turtles eventually show up and find April, but are gassed and captured. When the Aprils wake, when the Aprils, when the turtles wake up, they see April dangling above a giant pot of boiling wax. He's going to dip them all. This is, you know, Monroe here is going to dip them all into in the wax and make them into wax figures for his collection. They try to fight him again. They try to fight him again and get gassed again. This time, the gas freezes them. Old television. Wow. Yeah, I've done better summaries for sure. I don't know why my notes are so uh, messy today, but they are. <laughs> messy, messy like a melted puddle of wax. Yes. It was intentional. I see what you did there. Artistic life. Quite the stretch. All right, next up, we have Rondo in New York. This is season four, episode eight. Originally aired September 19th, 1990. Written by Francis Moss and Ted Peterson. So we open on, on the Turtles watching an ad for the latest Rondo movie, Rondo 8, hit hardest. April has gotten the boys tickets to the screening of the movie that evening, and they decide to go because the theater is also serving free pizza. They have a few hours to kill, so Don goes to City College to meet up with Oswald, a student working on a vitalizer substance, which brings inanimate objects to life. Oswald is also the projectionist at the movie theater, and goes with Don to meet up with the Turtles at the movie premiere. Now, Krang wants the Vitalizer to create an endless army of inanimate objects, so he sends Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady to get it. 
They arrive in the student's lab and find a sample which is spilled on TV and turns the cartoon cat and mouse characters on it real. They come out of the TV as real life characters. They find the flyer for the movie premiere and go to the theater, uh, accosting the student Oswald and stealing the vitalizer. It spills on some film from the Rondo movie and giant monsters from the movie come to life and start destroying the theater. The monsters kidnap April, but the turtles give chase and are able to get her back. Don and Oswald go back to City College to make more vitalizer. The rest of the turtles find Rondo hiding in an alley, and he's discovered and chased by the movie monsters. Leo figures out the monsters are weak to light since they're from film, uh, and they follow the monsters to Rondo's condo. Rondo's condo. I like that. Uh, Don and Oswald are attacked by Shredder, who is there to get more of the vitalizer, of course. Shredder ties them up and makes some poisonous snakes from the movie come to life with the vitalizer. The vitalizer also makes Rondo's movie counterpart come to life and he saves Don and Oswald. Shredder takes the vitalizer to the movies and creates a bunch of monsters like the mummy and Dracula, you know, your classic universal monsters. The turtles fight them while Don and Oswald head to the film room. They hide the vitalizer in a movie reel that Shredder steals and flees to Dimension X with thinking it's a move, uh, a monster movie, right? So he's going to make a bunch of monsters. Don and the Turtles then use a searchlight to usher the Universal monsters back into their own movies. Meanwhile, in Dimension X, Bebop and Rocksteady fight over the Vitalizer and accidentally spill it on the movie reel given to them by Don and Oswald. Turns out it's not a monster movie because the cartoon cat and mouse from before come out and start smashing up the Technodrome. The end. Bold television. Next up is Planet of the Turtles, not Planet of the Turtleoids. Original air date, September 20th, 1990, written by George Shea. Earth is experiencing some kind of atmospheric disturbance, which allows the turtles to view TV shows from other worlds. They're tuning into a wrestling match from the planet of the turtles, where the flying turtlenecker brothers defeat smaller turtles. Dimension X is experiencing the same type of disturbance, which allows Krang to watch the same show. On a commercial break, Krang sees a turtle pitchman named Rupert selling a, a device known as the Personal Energy Projector. Krang thinks he can use this to draw energy from Earth to power the Technodrome. He sends Shredder to the planet of the turtles to retrieve the projector. Shredder gets chased by Rupert and the Turtlenecker brothers back through the portal to Dimension X as he tries to steal the projector. With Turtlenecker brothers stuck in Dimension X, Krang convinces them to go and capture the turtles. He sends them to the sewers through a dimensional portal and they capture the turtles, bringing them back to the Technodrome. April happens to be with the turtles and radios Splinter as soon as they disappear. Splinter gets there just in time and he and April enter the portal just before it closes. In the Technodrome, Krang has set up the projector and drained almost all of the energy from Earth. The turtles realize that they have to come up with a way to stop Krang. Splinter and April rescue them and they split up. Donatello and Rupert are sent to the planet of the turtles to look, up, to look for Donald Turtlestein, the inventor of the projector, to see if he knows of a way to stop it. Splinter and April and the rest of the turtles stay in the Technodrome to try and stop Krang. Donatello and Rupert come back just in time with the portable transporter and reverse the effects of the projector, sending all of the energy back to Earth. Dr. Turtlestein then uses the transporter to send the turtles home and 
evil is defeated. Well, just, we... just a fantastic trilogy of episodes here. Yeah, they actually weren't too bad. Yeah. Like, I actually, you know, these ones were definitely better than what we watched last week. So it was not bad at all. I already can't even remember what we watched last week. Oh, sorry. It wasn't last week, two weeks ago. But, you know, you, you, either way, everyone yeah. gets the point, probably. All right. Then should we take this, uh, give this a second time around? Let's do it. I think so. Hey, uh, nice junk. I don't have anything for episode seven. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so Vinny, we've actually seen Vinny before. Uh, Vinny of Vinny's Pizzeria. Okay. Yeah. Didn't Michelangelo go there and get like, didn't Bebop and Rocksteady like jump him or something? Yeah. It was in the fantastic episode of season three, Cowabunga Shredhead. That was oh. the pizzeria that they got trapped in uh, when they were trying to convince Shredder to come to come back to them. Okay. But Vinny, like, you know, looks entirely different because there's no continuity in this show. Oh, it's a the Don Tertelli syndrome. It's it's a Don Tertelli problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which once again, guys, makes both transdimensional turtles and turtles forever canon. That's that's true. It can be canon in the same. They can exact, both be canon. Exactly. So I was I had Pluto TV on in the background while I was working last week, and transdimensional turtles came on, and I, you know, don't let my boss hear this, but I probably paid more attention to transdimensional turtles than my work. I gotta say. I've heard a lot of like, oh, they did the 87 Toon Turtles dirty in that show because they were like incompetent and goofy and whatnot. Yeah. I, I gotta say, it's, it's fairly accurate. Probably the most inaccurate part is the fact that like Krang is actually fighting the turtles. And yeah. Just like hanging out in the Technodrome while Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady take care of things. But Oh, yeah. And that's <laughs> like, it, it's so weird seeing people like, like, oh, you know, Turtles Forever did, did 87 wrong. It's exactly what you said. It's not wrong. Like, they're like, oh, Leonardo would never joke. It's like, have you seen these episodes? Yeah. Yeah. He's right there with them half the time. Well, yeah. these, these are episodes where the turtles have like tripped on loose change. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. Well, that's kind of the thing. I like, guess, kind of almost like my point with this series is like, this series doesn't even like take itself seriously. Like, it makes fun of itself already so much that, like, is it really hurting any anyone to maybe poke a little bit more fun at it in the future yeah <laughs> yeah like we we've talked about it before like the like the show knows how to have fun and like you i was even saying like you can tell who's in on the joke because of you know how they're saying things and like what what fun everybody ha- is having it's like this yeah. the show is so obviously like it's not meant to be seriously looked at like, you know, other podcasts do. It's meant to be looked at fun, like we do. Right. And that serious doesn't mean not good. Right? Like, I still think the show is overall good. It's just, like, it's not a critically acclaimed drama. Right? It's a comedy Yeah, like, show. I, I definitely yeah. have a new appreciation for it, because, like, I, I, I was in the camp of, like, the show aged terribly. And granted, a lot of episodes are not good. But as a whole, the show is never not fun. Right. I, I do look forward to watching it and then talking with you guys about it 
at the very least. So it's got to be at least a little bit good, right? I think talk, talking to you guys about it makes me enjoy the show more. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's a chickens and eggs uh, kind of scenario, it's a chicken right? egg kind of scenario. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but but exactly what you said. Like it's the um, it's not it's not some award winning drama. Like, but the show is also not trying to be. And so, yeah. Is right. it better than 2003? Oh, I'm just kidding. We're not opening <laughs> that can of worms right now. Let's, yeah, let's, we, we're on the like first thing of a uh, second time around. We got a lot of podcasts <laughs> ahead of us yet. <laughs> so, uh, uh, no shredder, no crank in this episode. Nope. Uh, there is a statue of Mr. Og, our old buddy, um, uh, amongst the wax replicas. Yeah. I think there's a leatherhead one too. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole ton of those characters that you forgot existed in there. And Rat King and Leatherhead are there too. You remember those ones. But the rest of them are characters you forget. But good on them for including them. I was yeah, real good on them for including Mr. Og. Mr. Og. I was real concerned. I was like, is he going to come alive? <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Never do that again. Oh, man. Uh, apparently, April uh, redecorated her apartment because it's a little different now. Um, different, different colored walls. Because um, like her walls are normally uh, yellow. I think they were blue in this episode. Um, so there's an old Vincent Price movie. Do you guys know who Vincent Price is? Yeah. Mm-mm. Nope. All right. He's he's a very famous like actor from like the 50s and I mean all the way up to like he he died in like 93 um but he he talked like this and he's uh it's like you've heard impressions of him yeah good evening yeah like uh god I'm trying to think like have you ever seen the great mouse detective yeah okay he he was Radigan okay and so anyway it's an old schlocky movie. Um, it's like a horror film from like 53, I want to say, uh, called House of Wax. And it's about a, a crazy wax collector turning real people into wax sculptures. Okay. So that's what this is based off. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure like this is pretty, this is inspired yeah. by that in some way. Right. There's yeah, no I laughing mean, gas in that in that movie, at least not that I can remember. But, but I mean, I'd say it's fair to say that like eighty percent of the episodes of this show, like, just kind of take like it, some inspiration from a thing that already exists and incorporates it into the show. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, like, like half of this show is taking things that have been done in other media and doing doing turtles with it. Yeah. Even the next episode, like Rondo is obviously Rambo. Yeah. Right. What? Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's blonde, but otherwise, very clearly Rambo. Yeah. Well, they kind of throw well, in some other action hero stuff in there as well. You know, like all right. Have... Well, then let's 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 move into Rondo then. Uh, so yeah, that was the big one. Rondo is obviously supposed to be Rambo, which I thought was kind of weird that like it's it's obviously supposed to be rambo but like they didn't try to do like a sylvester stallone impression yeah with it i thought that was really weird maybe it's because you already can't understand krang so 
having two characters you couldn't that were incomprehensible would be too much i don't know i i guess <laughs> but yeah it was it was just really kind of like uh like i feel like the joke didn't like like it didn't land a lot yeah because of that but um so there's a part where and it's I, funny because like i forgot that um i forgot that like this was a parody of rambo um and like for some reason i i had like been playing castle castlevania lately like the collections um and there's castlevania rondo of blood and a rondo is like it's a musical term yeah so that's why like this 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 completely threw me off <laughs> that's what i was saying last music. week was like i because bebop and rocksteady are also musical terms so i was like maybe they're getting like a third partner it's rondo but no it's just a bad rambo impersonator it's a bad rambo um there's a part where one of the characters is walking in front of the movie theater there's some funny posters behind him we have posters for the movies robo police robocop obviously yeah love it. red octo hunt not for red october and the last one is commie mutant aliens i don't know what that's for <laughs> commie mutant aliens what's that a parody of i have no idea mars attacks i, I maybe no, that's years before Mars Attacks. Oh, I mean, it's years before Mars Attacks, like the movie. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea then. I just never seen the word commie written on in a kid's show, I think. It just kind of threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> it was normal then. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was definitely normal back then. Um. So, like, the Turtles are just like accepted generally in society now then right like everyone considers them heroes it seems like everyone's chill whenever they realize it's yeah, them like, nobody seems, like seems to be yeah nobody seems to freak out anymore it's just kind of like oh but then like they're always like questioning like oh you guys like oh you're the ninja turtles like they're surprised and it's like how many other turtle men could it be it's not like yeah. this is some kind of some planet of turtles. Well, that's that's kind of why in... Go ahead, Spencer. Kind of why I wanted to say is like they go around in what before were their like disguises where they've got like coats on and hats. They still do that. So like, are they just dressing up to go out now? And then like when yeah. they need to fight, they change into something more comfortable and rip off their clothes. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of confused. If like, are they still supposed remaining disguises because they're celebrities and so they still have to disguise themselves? I don't know, because like both the disguises that they wear in these three episodes, in Turtle Maniac, they wear the like uh, windbreaker with ball cap, and then Rondo in New York, it's like their winter gear, both of which their face is fully exposed and no yeah. one seems to care. But they totally moved away from those creepy baby masks, which for the better, but it's, it is weird that they're just like walking around outside now. Yeah. Hmm. Well, speaking of Planet of Turtles, I got nothing else with Rondo. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Planet of Turtles. I didn't know if, if I should, wanted to include this for anchovies or or what, but I just I thought it was just funny that Donatello's like he, the his little TV tuner, dimensional TV tuner. Um, which if you had a Game Gear, you you got that reference. Um, the like. I thought it's just funny that like they they he comes across a, a channel 
about the planet of the turtles and so like other creatures that look exactly like our four guys and they're like we don't care we're hungry and they like they all just leave even donatello's not even that impressed yeah yeah that I just, definitely runs in the anchovies for me but. i was just like i was just like why like i would if i were them i would be like whoa this is really cool and even then they're like they're not that interested when they even go to the planet mm-hmm. yeah I'm also pretty sure that, like, I've kind of mentioned this before, but I'm pretty sure their interdimensional TV tuner is what inspired Rick and Morty's, like, interdimensional cable episodes. Especially, like, in this episode when they're flipping through the channels and it's, like, a bunch of random stuff, like, turtles wrestling, there's, like, a cow singing, like... Well, that's the planet of the cows. Yeah, like, but it's, like, super random stuff. Yeah. And so I just feel like maybe possibly... Rick and Morty pulled some inspiration from this. I could be wrong, and maybe they came up with that idea totally on their own. But yeah. I'm just throwing that idea out there, that theory. The only way to be sure is to, you know, tweet at Justin Roiland incessantly until he admits to it. <laughs> we can, we can. Justin end. Roiland, are you a huge Ninja Turtles fan? Did you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he has strong covers. covers. Yeah. yeah. He did I'm cover. sure he did. So. Yeah, with Kevin Eastman for the last Ronin. Spencer, I don't, I don't know if you got the reference, but Hans and Fritz is Hans and Franz from SNL. Yeah, yes. Hans and Franz. Okay, so Hans and Franz is from SNL. Then that's where they're from. Yeah, I think yeah. they're in like, like an insurance commercial recently. But that's it was like I think yeah, it's I always... Kevin Eastman and uh, uh, Dana Carvey. And they were like uh, supposed to be like Schwarzenegger's cousins or something that sold yeah. fitness tapes because they will pump you up. Yeah, like I always remember them being like in skits at scout camp and yeah, in commercials, but I, I never actually saw Hans and Franz ever. Yeah, like yeah. they they got to the point where like you saw more parodies of them than uh-huh. you actually did see them. Yeah, yeah. So I heard it not as Hans and Fritz, but Hans and Fitz, which I thought were they're seeing like hands and feet. Like as as a joke, like you know, oh, that's what I heard. You know what? Hands. I like. No, you're right. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, Hands and feet. Yeah, they're like Hans and feet, and I was just like hands and feet, but it could be saying Fritz, and I just might have misheard it. No, it's it's Fitz. It's F I T Z. Okay, this Fitz. Yeah. That must have just said it wrong. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I just thought it was funny because like hands, hands and feet, like no, I I hope that's the joke. I feel like it can't not be. Like this show would not be about <laughs> that at all. You know what? You know what? We're claiming that that's the joke. That yeah, I like it. Uh, this episode also sees Donatello throwing his bow staff to trip to uh, foot soldiers, which is still his signature move using that stick to trip. I I didn't mention it in my recap, but. Uh, because it isn't shown exactly how April and Splinter got back to Earth, or what happens to Rupert or everybody after, after at the end of the episode. <laughs> there's no, there's no like resolution. They don't like Doctor Turtlestein doesn't send everybody back home in the episode. Hmm. That's true. So I, that, I guess just thought that was funny. At this point, like they're going back and forth from Dimension X so fluidly, I don't even question it anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, 
one of the things that Rupert mentions when he's talking about uh, the personal energy projector, he shouts out the flux capacitor, which as we all know is what makes time travel possible. So mm -hmm. just like that. Oh, trust I also me. like that. The entire Generation X will not let you not see Back to the Future. We all get it. Uh, excuse you. <laughs> that, I don't think I've can... ever seen that... all of it, actually. What? I know. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, oh I don't man, know how that's movie, possible, that movie but... and I, that movie and I are the same age. That mm. uh, was the first movie we saw when uh, we felt, you know, like it was okay to go back to movie theaters again um they'd happen and it was for my birthday they just happened to be doing a flashback showing at like the really nice theater by here and i never had the opportunity to see the movie in theaters because you know it came out when i was born so uh yeah i'll awesome. back to the future yeah i mean it is as that... close it mm -hmm. is as close to a perfect movie as possible I've heard it's just like paced perfectly. Like no it line is. of dialogue is wasted, but I never sat down and watched the whole thing, I don't think. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Personally, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're hurting me. <laughs> is he hurting you because he doesn't like it? It's not that I don't like it. I don't know. I don't know. Something about, something about it. I, I just think it's okay. That's fine. That's fine. <sighs> anyway, uh, it's. I thought it was funny that like this personal energy projector. Uh, apparently, there's only one. <laughs> like the way they're selling it on this uh, commercial, and there's only one. Well. Maybe twenty dollars is like a lot more money in Turtle Land than it is here. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing too is like they, they, the currency in Planet of the Turtles is like insects and bugs. Oh, that's right, because he asked for change for a worm. Because he asked for he asked for change for a worm, and because like, they 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 hop in a cab, and the cab's like, hey, it's going to be three seventy five. He goes three bucks and seventy five cents. He goes, no, three bugs and 75 insects. Well, you know, they, uh, this show doesn't even try with continuity. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, yeah. so like the fact that this, the fact that this uh, personal energy projector is like only like 1995. It's 19 bugs and 99 insects. Eggs, but, but it uses, but. <laughs> That's just coincidence. It's like on The Simpsons when uh, the Rigelians are like, oh no, we're speaking Rigelian. Our languages just happen oh, to be God, exactly that, the same. That's what it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but, yeah. All right. Well, are we ready to talk about anchovies then? Nobody likes anchovies! So, so the animation in this episode? Uh, like, I, I was thoroughly convinced you guys were watching the wrong episode. <laughs> I even taught I even I even DM Jason from Turtle Recall and I was like who did the animation in this episode because it's phenomenal and I was like Spencer and Keith don't like it and he's like what I so I didn't even like pay attention to it I it's, it's as poorly animated as every other episode 
Um, and ah! I, it wasn't like noticeably terribly animated, but like there were a lot of wrong mouths. There's a part, this is my big anchovy. There's a part where like Flynn is mad at the turtles and they just reused like footage of him being upset that the wax figures were melting, even though they had just destroyed the robots in the wax figures. Like they just forgot to animate a scene and just like played an old scene again. I'm not saying there weren't animation errors, but oh man, like this was such a treat for my eyes, unfortunately. My anchovy is that you guys hated that animation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't- you can't counter anchovies. <laughs> I'm counter anchoving you. I'm uno carding this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's. I don't know. It's. It just <laughs> didn't look good to me. I mean, most of the show really doesn't look good to me. I, I don't like most of the animation, to be honest. Uh, a lot of it just is. We've gotten better at animating things at time. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I'm true. not saying it's the best, but it's. I mean, it's the best of season four, in my opinion. Anyway. I mean, maybe so um, far, sure. Anyway. Not, not the highest uh, far. The Shredder, the Shredder uh, wax puppet mannequin, like, didn't even look like Shredder. No. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was like, the bootleg Shredder. Yeah, that is, that is a bootleg figure that you buy off a of wish or something. Yeah, well, and the other thing that happens is like they go into that the turtles finally make it into the wax museum and like it's all our old adversaries and all these old things and they specifically point out things, but the things they point out have never even been in an episode so far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was because they were like, hey, it's this, uh, oh god, like it was some machine or something. Yeah, and then it was like the that like sword in the what was it? What was it? It was like this orange like looking sword thing that was stuck in like a pedestal. Yeah, it, yeah. I can't even remember what they were because you know it was incredibly forgettable. But my point <laughs> is, is that like they point out all these things, and there weren't even episodes. Yeah, like, you guys, they're not even in episodes. Yeah. Yeah, how many episodes do you guys have? Like, you really couldn't just like watch two of them and pull some things. <laughs> well, and, yeah, it's gonna, like, be, it's gonna like, be really funny. If, it's gonna be really funny if those are from episodes that have not played for us yet. Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna watch like the next three episodes, and all of those items are gonna be it. See, I I liked that bit, but I'm a big fan of uh, the Venture Brothers, and that's like one of the running gags is like all the good stuff happens off screen. Yeah, so yeah. be like. Here's the key from their magical little city, but like it's the first scene, you know. You, you've already missed that part. Here's the terrible part. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> they walk, they walk, yeah, like they're walking in at the end of the mission, kind of exactly. Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it was kind of uh, funny, but I, I think it'd be great though if those come back at some point. We should make a note of what they were. <laughs> yeah. See if they come back. I mean, the problem uh, is April's they were trying to make it a gag though. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know it was a gag if if you hadn't watched the whole show up until this point. Anyway, um, if you watch, if you're watching the show, then April is lowered into the wax several different times. Yes. (laughs) Like I didn't notice that in different positions. (laughs) Yeah, in different positions. She's hanging upside down one time. She's uh, <laughs> their hands behind her back. 
Sometimes they're in front of her. And the thing hanging from her belt. Like Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes they animated these thinking like our ah, kids are too stupid to notice when they like, you know, when they do stuff like that. I mean, it could also be that I mean, too lazy, but they're like, our ah, kids won't notice. Kids do notice. We we were stupid kids back then. I mean, all right, maybe there was we're, some we're very we were stupid kids, but like no, I'm saying 80s kids, we were very stupid. Oh yeah. <laughs> This was this was when like lead based paint was still <laughs> readily available. Exactly. <laughs> like, did you not just hear that report of, of like lead consumption by like kids my age, <laughs> and how it lowered our like we've lost like three IQ points. Yeah. There's also like I mean there was three and a half minutes of shiny card or commercials between that, but I like to think that the, the what was his name Flim the professor guy just like started lowering her and was like wait that's a bad pose and like took her out retied yeah, her again. up did it again and was like ah I don't like that either <laughs> took her yeah, back somebody out. that's constantly fidgeting with action figures and reposing them yeah, I exactly. understand that so <laughs> the thing is is like when I was a kid I remember watching Rescue Heroes and us having like a movie of the episode El Nino and because it came with like one of my brother's action figures they got and there's a scene they just kept replaying over and over again of the mudslide coming down the mountain but they would replay the exact same scene of it and so it's like what the lava is i mean not the lava but like the mud is going back up the mountain as a kid i was like why is it why is it that way like come on like, <laughs> it's supposed to be further down the mountain now but they keep replaying Lava doesn't work like that exactly it's like that's not it doesn't work that way so my point is, is I definitely noticed that crap when I was a kid. It bugged me. <laughs> you clearly haven't grown out of it. <laughs> really haven't grown out of it. There's even moments in the 2003 series, like when I was a kid, it's like, oh, come on, there was plenty of time for you to get out of the way. You know, and granted, it's all there for storytelling and also because, you know, animation, even back then, wasn't quite, you know, up to snuff, especially in cartoons. So like there's moments where things look like they're going to take longer or they're pausing for a dramatic effect for the character to like see something is falling for storytelling. But me as a kid would be like, there's plenty of time to move. Why didn't you just move? <laughs> you know? All right. So are we on anchovies for Rondo in New York? Uh, I think we were getting ready to transition. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Rondo in New York. Guys, Crane wants the substance that turns inanimate objects to life. So he can make an oh, army yeah. that's under his control. That's what the rock soldiers are. We know they're mutant rocks. And the foot soldiers. The, freaking, and the, the everything. Everything. What? Why? With the, he did it with the freaking terracotta warriors last week. Yes, that's right. Yes. Oh, goodness. That, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, every episode is either him getting a weapon or trying to do something to build an army. Like, and it's usually a ray gun of some kind that they're going to shoot the turtles with. Like, <laughs> It is what it is. I think it's just exhausting because, because, well, you know, like with the mind control, you know, threequel that we did last season, like we've we've got two so far of we want something to turn inanimate objects into soldiers for us. Yeah, yeah. like we got two of those right in a row. Um, another thing is I I I hated. Bugging that this was a formula, not like a ray. Oh, that like was a, like a compound like a, that you pour on someone. Yeah, yeah, y yeah. Like that's what bugged me about it. And then it's like this 
this it's called like the vitalizer because it turns inanimate objects into like uh it makes them alive i'm rubbing my head because it hurts (laughs) um so the so the vitalizer inanimate objects living things but how does it decide what is the living thing that it pours it on because they're they're specifically pouring this formula on like film strips so that should bring the film strip to life those my first question was like why isn't the test tube alive why isn't the test tube alive i mean okay I'll give them that one because, like, you know, acid doesn't burn through a glass beaker kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give them that. But my thing is specifically, like, they're pouring it on the film strip and turning, like, the monsters on the film strip into real-life creatures. But then it's like, technically, the film strip should be alive, not what's on it. But if you're going to go this route and say the monsters in the film strip are coming to life, then you have every picture in the film strip should be should be a different monster. Right. See, continuity, so, continuity errors bother me, yeah. but for stuff like this with this show, I've just already like, you know, dialed my my brain, you know, down a few <laughs> A few notches. Yeah, this is, I watch this. This is where my suspension of disbelief ended. <laughs> is is this episode? I'm done with. <laughs> I can't even say I have a straight face. But it, it just. How did it work? Yeah. How do those rules work? Well, they only ever used it on movie monsters. Like they could have gotten a movie monster ray gun and done the same thing. Right? But then they. But then they made a move. But they made a movie Rondo who has his own personality and like sense of being yeah, he's and like, like own, own undoing yeah and it's like uh, anyway i didn't like this episode <laughs> i thought it was easily the weakest of the three uh, it was i think i think what would have made it better honestly would have been them doing a straight up Rambo impression, like a, a Stallone, because Rambo had also already had a cartoon at this point that I pretty, <laughs> if I remember correctly, Professor Stallone did do the voice for. Oh, really? So it's like, so like Rambo had already is already a thing to kids at this point. Yeah, they had did that whole thing in the eighties where they turned rated our properties into children's content <laughs> right uh, kids will love robocop you know the movie where that guy gets gets shot up in the beginning kids will love to it to be fair i did love the later animated series robocop alpha commando that is a good show mm. it's like robocop like had been shut down and then like was in like inventory and it's like this is a living guy and you literally just shut him down and put him in like a closet so he gets like reactivated like a hundred years later. Just mothballed him. All I'm saying is, can you? Yeah, and it's. Could you imagine if the Rambo cartoon came out first, and then years later they come with this movie and they're like, "Oh man, trying to make Rambo edgy. Look <laughs> at him." <laughs> nah, it's a good thing they did it like Ninja Turtles did, where it comes out with the edgy comic book first and then the kitty stuff. Yeah, I'm just saying. Could you imagine? It'd just be. It'd be funny. <laughs> yeah i'm just imagining uh, an alternate universe where people are like they're making rambo edgy come on 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The storyline involving a Vietnam vet getting revenge. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Do you have anything else that we hate for Rondo in New York? No, I just, I, I need to get away from that episode. I don't know why I don't like it so much. Yeah. Yeah, my, my actually my only anchovy is that, like, that he's being helped create this vitalizer serum. And Donatello is immediately just like, I wonder if it's Shredder and Crane. Like... <laughs> I mean, to oh be yeah, fair, I didn't even mention that. So like, Oswald's getting extra data from like an outside source, and yeah, for no reason, Donatello's like, "Oh, I bet it's Shredder and Crane." Like, obviously, because they're behind everything. Yeah, it's always if the turtles Shredder stubbed their if the turtles stubbed their toe, they would think that Shredder and Crane did. But it. this isn't even a bad thing. It's not even a bad thing. It's just like the scientist getting help from someone on the outside, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm just getting help." Donatello's immediately just like, "I wonder if it's Shredder and Crane." <laughs> and ends the thought there. He's not even suspicious. It doesn't come back. I mean, to again, play. to be fair, it is always Shredder and Crank. It is always Shredder and Crank. I mean, yes, but at the same time, but, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't even come back. Like Duntil is not even suspicious of it after that. He's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like Duntil's like whole attitude is is just really weird, especially in our next episode where he doesn't like Donatello would be the one who's most curious about the planet of the Turtles. Here's what gets me is like even when they're watching interdimensional cable, they still are like, oh wait, we gotta turn it back because April's doing something. Yeah. Like, like, like nothing occurs to make them change it back except that they need to watch the news. The thing is, is at one point a writer of this show learned that it was very convenient to move the plot along by having April show up on the news somewhere. And that just became a plot device used for the rest of the series for every episode. <laughs> oh, it's everything. Well, well yeah, I mean, like, that's that's specifically why, like, April is the human friend, because she's the one who gets them the information that they need, because, like, they live in the sewer. So, it's like, they don't have access to but nine times that stuff. But nine times out of ten, it's just the TV turning on or them walking by a TV and she's just giving a news report. Even when they're playing basketball, like the basketball somehow turns the television on yeah, to April's report. And last yeah, April, here's, yeah, April's, here's what gets me though. Always on the air. Is it's always like April like gives her report and the guy's like, oh, that was a good report. And then April calls them on the turtle cell and is like, hey, <laughs> here's this report I just did. Like, yeah. why not just skip Actually, that I specifically, part? I specifically love it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to, I was saving this for my next, for the next segment. Um, but in uh, Turtle Maniac, she gives a report and then you and then does it literally that she immediately calls them once the report's done. Yeah, and it's like, hey, I'm gonna go grab a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to come with? And they're like, yeah. And it's like the the amount of time that she like reported live and then called them right after, like the camera crew is still right there finishing digging everything down. Like, there's no way they, they did it all already. So, just hilarious stuff. What about you, Spencer? What do you hate about this episode? I actually didn't really have anything, to be honest. Uh, other than, like, the weak Shredder and Crane connection. We're still talking about Rondo right now, right? Uh, Planet of the Turtles. Oh, Planet of the Turtles? I didn't have a single thing written down that I didn't like. It was probably the strongest of the episodes, in my opinion. Awesome. Um, I, I really didn't have any complaints. Like, it, it is what this show is. 
Um, you know, all of my general complaints for the show are still there, of course, but you know, there wasn't anything specifically that stood out to me. You know, I was able to just kind of turn my brain off and watch it. Cool. So we that's all I got then too. So I think let's move on to what we did like. And I love being a turtle. Uh, Turtle maniac. I loved the animation in this one. Uh, I was incredibly surprised to find out it is the Dublin team. because it, it something about it is just so like to me very reminiscent of the first season episodes by Toei to the point where like that's why I messaged Jason from Turtle Recall because I was like I know he would know and we were talking about it and he's like no yeah it's Dublin he's like it's really weird how it's so like something about it is so anime-esque that it felt so different hmm. so i thoroughly i thoroughly enjoyed the animation in the first episode i get the i get the mouth flapping was weird because like it is it is off-putting in some uh in some shots um but also too like it feels very animated it just feels like it was done by like a japanese team for like a dubbing audience yeah uh might check it out again. I, I wasn't paying that close attention to the animation so yeah. uh, I also I think the writing in this episode was probably the strongest too um, like the plot made sense the jokes landed they were hilarious in this episode I don't um, even, I don't think a lot of the jokes were written though. like that's the thing is I think a lot of the jokes were just the voice actors improving. there's so many stuff <laughs> like one-liners in this one they remind yeah. me of other shows where people have like redubbed something, uh, you know, in you know in English or like done like a bad lip reading almost type thing, you know, like Irma's like, "Can I get all your blue sweaters?" and it's just like thrown out there real quick. Uh, when like mm-hmm. when April's leaving her thing, it's like something that just feels like jokes about the series that would be like said by the voice actors. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, like yeah everybody everybody's having so much fun and it's like this episode really just felt like everybody was on board and having a ball yeah there's a, there's a lot of jokes about like michelangelo's stomach sounding like a like what, a wild animal or something or, uh-huh. yeah i really like the the uh, elevator bit they're like they're climbing up the side of the building with their grappling hook and they're like why can't we take the elevator uh I forget yeah, it was like, say, it's like, not as dramatic. It's not as dramatic. That's it. And then uh, later on, they're like, "Can we take the elevator if nobody watches?" Yeah, yeah. It was such, and it's like we had two elevator jokes. <laughs> yeah, in like one bit. And God, it was such a good callback. Yeah, and there's another elevator joke in Rondo too. Someone was really onto elevators at this time, but <laughs> I'm, I'm almost certain that they like improv those lines. Like, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if the voice actors just said that, and they're like, "Yeah, keep it in." And then they said it again in the next episode because they thought they were so funny last time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> hey, maybe who knows? Um, but yeah, I I really liked Turtle Maniac. It was it was fun. Uh, I liked Flem too. I thought he was I thought he wasn't bad. Yeah, I kind of like the whole House of Wax thing. I, I and like we said, like Shredder and Kranger in every episode doing something stupid. So it's kind of kind of cool to see something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's refreshing. Yeah. I do like, so I, I love being on this show because I never would have found this otherwise, but I finally have a one-to-one comparison 
for how the turtles behave in the 87 series versus how they behave in the Mirage comics. Okay. Okay. So here's, here's the situation. All right, hit us. There is a runaway car that needs to be stopped. Leo is on the roof above the car. Okay. If you remember back to volume two, issue two, Mirage Leo jumps off the roof, plunges his sword through the hood of the car, and it crashes and he fades away into the night. Okay. 87 Leo jumps off the roof, cuts a laundry line, underwear, then rains down onto the windshield of the car, and the driver pulls over. So there's that's how they handle the same situation. There's the difference. <laughs> I finally have a one-to-one comparison. That's that's it right there. Yes. Who knew that you who knew that this this would be the show to give that to you? I know. It, well, uh, this podcast, really, I, I never would have put two and two together if I wasn't being forced <laughs> to watch and read these comics again. And there you go. Again, you know? um, so thank you, Spencer. And it's funny because like that that specific that specific uh, shot of Leo sliding down the clothesline is what Jason and I were. He said we. He said oh yeah. He said, yes, and I'm like, <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like this looks so good. Mm. It's like it's like that. Uh, we talked about it like a couple episodes ago. Where uh, remember, like there was that shot of like Leo and Shredder and Shredder fighting, and the animation just like took a huge jump. Yeah, the Gribix. Yeah, like this reminds me of that, but like the whole episode. Hmm. Anyway, you have to watch it yourself, listeners. You decide. Tell us. You what decide. Do you think the animation? Let, yeah, great? let us let us know who you agree with here. Uh, Rondo. To me, even though it was Shredder and Krang, and even though we talked about this kind of being the same thing over and over again, it did feel different than like a normal Shredder Krang episode for some reason for me. I think it was maybe because of like all the other monsters showing up. Mm. I also did like the like off-brand jason that was there like if you look at all the movie monsters there's one that just like yeah. has a mask on that isn't really a hockey mask <laughs> like but it's got like a club or something too right it's got like a club instead yeah, of like yeah, well, you can't street. have a chainsaw yeah <laughs> or a chainsaw yeah like that wasn't bad yeah i, I thought it was funny uh I like seeing the ones that are copyrighted and so they kind of had to make an off-brand version of them and seeing the ones that are in public domain so they didn't have to like frankenstein yeah, when like Dracula's in it and Leo like makes a cross with his fingers to repel him. Yeah. It's hilarious. I loved it. I also love the bit where Rondo he he's walking to the movie premiere. He's being interviewed by April, but he's like walking along a, a bunch of apple crates to make him look taller. Uh-huh. That, that was hilarious. Okay, so that was fun. And that's an actual thing in like uh Hollywood. Yeah. Where there's an where there are actors who aren't as tall as they are like on screen, and so yeah. they'll literally put them on like apple crates. Tom I don't know Cruise. if they still do it. Uh, Tom Cruise is an example of that. Um, I think Vin Diesel is is another example. He's not as tall as like mm. The Rock, and so he has to be shot differently. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, have you ever seen that commercial of Vin Diesel with the Street Sharks? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, good. It's, good. it's yeah. like one of his first like acting gigs. So, yeah. So good. He's like bare chested, but he's got the leather vest still. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyhow, is that it for uh, Rondo then? I think so. I got, I got nothing good for that one. <laughs> Do we kick us turtles. off on Planet of the Turtles? 
Planet of the Turtles uh, isn't bad. Um, I, but it's it's just it's a bunch of turtle puns, you know. Like you have like the flying taxi that's a turtle shell. Um, the fast food restaurant they go to is Speedy Turtle. Um, it's not yeah, it's it's not a bad episode. It's just it's just it's very silly. Yeah, I I just thought it was funny that they were selling the the power. I don't know. I can't energy projector. Power energy projector. I just wrote PEP because I thought I thought I'd actually you know have the memory to remember that. Yeah, you <laughs> and know I don't get. Hang on, you just you just got the joke pep. because the personal energy projector gives you pep. Ha. So anyway, the personal energy projector is being sold <laughs> to anyone, and it's like yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, and there's only and there's only one, and they're selling it for twenty bucks. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, it's one of those things where, like, you get what you pay for. Like, the thing was faulty and didn't actually work. So, like, I see it as Shredder just kind of receiving karmic justice for having bought a cheap way to uh, well, planet Earth. Remember, uh, he didn't buy it. Villains don't pay for anything. And you're not wrong. Oh, that was a good bit. That was a good line. God, the funniest line, oh, I died laughing, was uh god it was it was uh hans and fitz were like they come out and they're like they're about to beat up krang and they say something to him and krang just shut up (laughs) (laughs) nothing else just shut up (laughs) so funny and like out of nowhere um (laughs) and it just like i just i don't know why i found it so funny because it was it, it was just I don't want to even say it like it was out of character. It was just like I didn't expect it. <laughs> so I watched this episode pretty late at night. Uh, I was like in my cozy chair with my nice warm sweater and sweatpants and a blanket over me. Uh, and there was a part towards the end. I always, you know, I always say, show me something different, but this was so different. So I think it's Hans. He like he's confronting the turtles. The turtle, turtle brothers are confronting the, the Ninja Turtles, right? And Hans, like, pushes a button on his belt. And then he, like, takes off his shell. He detaches his shell. Throws it like a boomerang. It shoots lasers. So then Michelangelo takes his grappling hook. He grapples the other Turtle Brothers' shell off. And then from that shell, he pulls out a laser blaster and shoots the, the flying shell. And I was like, I stopped. I'm like, I must have fallen asleep because this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, you, you, as we all know, turtles are able to keep things inside of their shell. That's why we <laughs> yeah. have storage shell turtles. I was like, you know, I didn't mean to show me something so completely different that I thought it was a fever dream, <laughs> but. <laughs> well, the other funny thing about it is that, like, one of them then also stays that they'll have to grow a new one. Yeah. You're holding that thing on with a belt, weren't you? Like, you detached it, yeah. there was stuff in it. Like, what is. Like, how. The leotard how went you under grow it. a new one. <laughs> Is it, is it an involved process my, to grow another so one? Because he's like crying about it. My if wife I cut off I my fingernail, this, I'd be like, ah, no big deal. You know? I have this argument a lot. Is how would a turtle wear clothes? Would it be over the shell or, or under the shell? <laughs> over, because so, they, they are attached. The shell is part of their body. I'd, you know what? That's, that's, a, whole, that's a whole rabbit hole. Whole rabbit hole for a different podcast. I, I think it's important to say turtles can't leave their shells to everyone out there 
and to people. I, but it's also that. it's also important to say that turtles aren't often mutant ninjas. Yes. So but, but I'm, I'm just saying fantasy rules apply. But they may apply, and yes, you're right. But the thing is, is there are kids that because turtles they see turtles in movies and stuff like that and in cartoons take off their shells. They believe turtles can get out of their shells and they get pet turtles and they injure them. Well, so, those are real turtles. That's very different. Yes. Real, turtle real turtles do not come off. Exactly. We're talking about fantasy. We're talking I'm about fantasy. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. No, no, no. That's, that's a good disclaimer to have. There so, is, guys, there if, you, if you're listening with your kids, evidence. if you're listening with kids, real turtle shells do not come off. Yeah. So yeah. there is some evidence that the Ninja Turtles have detachable shells, like in the arc. And I think it's a Manhattan Project when they fall down a manhole. When they fall down. <laughs> yep. I saw someone they do posted. Like, they do like, it's like a Looney Tunes thing. Yeah. Someone posted a handkerchief they had where Leonardo was like trying to decide between two different shells to wear for that day. And they were both on hangers. And then on the action figure packaging, their weight is listed. And then in parentheses, it says with shell. With shell. Yep. So it's possible that. Ninja Turtles have removable shells. So we'll but see. not real turtles, as Spencer said. Please, for yes. the love of yeah. God, do not try and take it. Yeah, That's its uh, ribs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I just don't all want right. any more turtles getting hurt. That's all. That's fine. Hey. Oh, boy. Uh, my other thing that I did like in this episode is that Splinter and April rescue the turtles, which is like a fun bit of subversion. Uh, oh, yeah. They're always getting kidnapped and, and the turtles are rescuing them. For once, the turtles get you know, caught and captured and April and Splinter are the ones that rescue them. That's awesome. and, yeah. and they do it with the best trope ever. They, they knock out their opponents and steal their costumes. Which what? Never mind. I'm not going to go there. But what yeah. like, they called those guys foot soldiers and like for some reason they had like like rad suits on like like yeah. suits like i i was what like, i thought it's to protect the robots from getting cancer <laughs> exactly <laughs> duh shredder wants to conquer the universe and and you know kill the turtles and do all these bad things and he's evil but he does not want his robots getting cancer well he's yeah he, he wants to conquer the universe he doesn't want a, an osha violation though he's evil yeah, exactly. not a monster you know right. <laughs> But, but also, don't be ridiculous. Villains don't pay for things, so. Yeah, they're still in rad suits. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Uh, good, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, that's all I got for these three. Um, Same. Just, just fun episodes. Just fun, fun, fun. Yeah, they were fun overall. So uh, go check them out. These are part of the syndicated episodes for season four, um, which kind of explains why they feel a little different than our normal episodes. But uh, yeah, you can go check them out on however you, you know, your complete series or digitally or whatever. Yeah. So on right. to news. On to news. April O'Neil, Channel 9 News. Uh, Channel 6 News. <laughs> all right hey i'm gonna start us off look at this uh the changing it up here uh super seven announced wave seven of their team and t ultimate series uh this includes five new figures there's uh the mechanized michelangelo it's basically uh if you think metalhead but with so it's, michelangelo it's colors metal metal warrior mikey metal metalhead 
Metal Warrior Mikey, I think was the original name of the figure. Perfect. So it's a recoloring of Metalhead. We have Punk Rocker Donatello, uh, which is awesome. I might be picking that one up. There's a Robotic Bebop, which is based off the action figure. We have Triceraton. And then we have uh, what was released in the U.S. as Sergeant Bananas, but in Europe was called Gorilla Gorilla. Uh, that's Gorilla Like the Warfare and then Gorilla Like the Monkey. Uh, was he released in Europe like that? Uh, he was in uh, the uh, whatever the Welsh comics are over there. So uh, I know, okay, so the so the name Gorilla Gorilla comes from TMNT magazine specifically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so everybody, so, so yeah, so those are the five figures in the wave. Uh, Gorilla Gorilla is the one that kind of threw everybody off because everybody did expect Sergeant Bananas. Right. And I mean, functionally, it's the same character. It's a yeah, military Yeah, it is the same character. There seems to maybe be some kind of licensing issue where they can't use the name Sergeant Bananas. Nothing's been confirmed. Super 7 hasn't said anything and Playmates never says anything. So right. we don't know. It's all speculation right now. Um, but yeah, this is a solid wave of a big detour um, for, I mean, for me, punk rocker Donnie um, is cool. And that's actually, I'm trying to collect all those vintage uh, punk rock figures mm-hmm. um, because I only read Leo. And so I kind of want to get all of them now. Um, so this is cool, but it changes the theme because they, they were already doing like the, uh turtle like the undercover turtles where it was samurai leo and surfer mikey and then the next one would have been like space cadet raf um and then like trench coat donnie and and punk rocker donnie is is from a completely different you know wave so it's really it's it's a weird left turn it's a cool one this is a great figure it's a great looking figure um but yeah, I uh, did not expect it. Triceraton, I figured we were going to get eventually. Um, the uh, Metal Mikey is really cool. And that's actually one of the more rare figures from the original toy line. So kind of what they did with Scratch in the mm-hmm. last wave, where like that's one of the most rare figures in Turtles. This one too is like, it's a cool opportunity for people who want that vintage figure but can't get it um, to have a version of it and then like robot bebop is just that I, that looks amazing yeah so mike you're definitely picking up punk rock on i haven't decided yet um nothing in this wave is really stuck out to me as like a must-have like i'm i love cool robots so like the robot uh bebop is really interesting to me um because it's so big um and then i already have metalhead and i never had the original mike metalhead mikey so i don't need it um and then like punk punk rocker dawn is the one that's like really sticking out to me is like should i get it or no because i I, like i just said i'm after those vintage figures i don't know that's a tough one for me i i haven't fully committed what about you, Spencer? Any of these catching your eye? Uh, no. I'm not really a, a toy guy that much, you know? I mean, every, right. I'm still on the fence about buying action figures. There's a part of me like that has, like, so pretty much here's my drawbacks with action figures. 
first off, I got to have somewhere to put it. I, I don't know where exactly I'd put it. My other thing is that I'm worried that if I start, I won't stop. Uh, it is, yes. it is hard. It's like yeah. it's like plastic heroin. Once you get it, you have to keep having it. Exactly. Yeah, like, I've already, exactly. I already started getting like like I got like a couple Funkos, and then suddenly now I have like tons. So the problem is, is like I'm worried that'll happen with action figures too, mm-hmm. which is why I still haven't gone in on anything yet. No, I hear you. It's 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 a rabbit hole, man. I mean, coming from me who buys action figures very frequently, more than he should, I yeah. feel you. Also, um, lines don't really make action figures I'm interested in. Like the NECA ones do, the last Ronin ones are cool, but I don't really care about a lot of the stuff from the 87 cartoon. It's just the way it is. Makes yeah, sense. No, I mean, that's, and that's totally fair. Like, yeah, but, but you know, as soon as NECA decides to make 2003, you know, you're going to be on that. I, I just might be, but, you know, I be live in a world where that hat's gonna happen. That's oh, you gotta get you gotta get Usagi, which is up for pre-order right now. I do like Usagi, but and this and this dinosaur. does fill this does fill in as a uh, as like a Mirage one. So yeah, I mean, it really looks like this cartoon version, though. Like if it, it, it does, it does. Yeah, more like it does in the comic book, I might be into it, but but it can but it can stand in for a Mirage one. Yeah, it's the design isn't that different than no. the than the original one. Then then how we how we looked at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that is that. Um, next up in toy news, uh, NECA is partnering with Target for an event called Holothon, which is a collector focused uh, event where like all, all of NECA's brands that they do uh, figures for are going to be have exclusive figures at Target or be made available at Target, um, which some of them have already kind of leaked. There was a store in uh, Missouri who put the display out early, unfortunately, and some of those figures have already gotten out, but we talked about it before, I think, where they're going to be doing the Turtles in Disguise figures, like that refresh where they have the interchangeable heads and stuff. They're going to be doing those Turtles in a four-pack, but in the neon green style guide colors which is cool uh for people who are into that look for the turtles um and because i know those original style guide figures are actually pretty desirable i picked up a set a long time ago and i actually gave them away (laughs) to a friend of mine um so it's it's funny to me uh that people just decided they wanted them again Uh, but it's they come with the disguises or is it just the turtles far as we know they don't it's just the turtles and a bunch of accessories and i haven't seen it because that's what's really weird is like the set isn't officially announced by NECA yet mm. like there's there's no official promo pictures of like what's in the box so the first time we actually saw these was in that photo where somebody put it out early at that target in missouri <laughs> And so then a couple eBay listings. It came out early. What what's the date it's supposed to come out? So Holothon officially begins on March 18th. So this episode's coming up before then. Uh, so if you if you listen to this, you know, check with your local target to see if they're going to be participating. Um, I actually that did that yesterday at my at the target I'm going to, so I know exactly where that section's gonna be. Um, so I just have to show up 
uh, to get it, but there's going to be that four pack of turtles and then a glow in the dark muck man, hmm. uh, which is really cool. And then some of the pictures that Holothon has used on like their branding and on the website and stuff, it, it showed a leather head, it showed slash, it even showed fugitoid. So it's, know everything that's going to be in it because like the the event hasn't started yet there it'll probably start like around the time that this episode drops um so if you can head over to NECA's socials they'll they'll definitely link over to it uh holothon on twitter just h-a-u-l-a-t-h-o-n um yeah uh i mean there's other stuff there that i want to collect like the demona from gargoyles um figure was on that display and and nobody's even seen that box yet so the fact that like this was there and other people are like oh that's fake like this is photoshop and it's like how do they photoshop box art that's not even out yet hmm. but that's a rant for another time yeah <laughs> uh, All right so i had a news item mike you had one spencer you want to you want to cap off oh, you want to do the big one all right i'll get to do the final one yeah. I guess so. Uh, I didn't know we were doing that. All right. <laughs> yeah, you played me. <laughs> so we're getting the Cowabunga collection from Konami, which is going to just have announced. Sorry, literally just announced like four hours ago. Yeah. So we're gonna have like all of the old retro games. So everything before two, the year two thousand is going to be released in a giant collection and it's like they actually like went all out on this you know it's not like they were just like oh we'll just put the arcade game and and turtles in time uh it, you know and, and just release it out there for consoles like they straight up released yeah. everything it the is game 13 different games yeah from the nintendo super nintendo game boy and genesis all three so, tournament fighters so all of this, so okay, so these are the games that are included. Uh, the 1989 Ninja Turtles game, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, and so the original arcade game, then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game for the NES, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project, my personal favorite, uh, Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, the arcade game, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, the Super Nintendo version. Hyperstone Heist for the Genesis. Follow the Foot Clan for the Game Boy. Back from the Sewers for the Game Boy. Radical Rescue for the Game Boy. Sorry, it's Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles 2, Back from the Sewers, Ninja Turtles 3, Radical Rescue. Just in case you weren't able to continue to follow, you know, just in case you thought. Exactly. (laughs) And then, uh, so then it has Tournament Fighters for the Super Nintendo, Tournament Fighters for the Genesis, and tournament fighters for the NES. And so it's also going to include a boss rush mode, challenge mode. Uh, there's going to be the Japanese versions of some of these games, which is really cool. I think 11 Japanese versions are going to be on here. That's uh, awesome. save, save states and rewinds. Like, so I, I saw a lot of people are like, oh, I'm finally going to beat the first NES video game. Uh, which is, that's incredibly helpful. Uh, online multiplayer for four of the games. I mean, I might uh, finally be able to beat Tournament Fighters. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then like a gallery, uh, which I'm I hope it's going to be concept art and instruction manuals. Um, yeah, like ah, oh, this came out of nowhere. Like it came out of nowhere. Yeah, from what we've heard, uh, it's the two arcade games, Hyperstone Heist, and Tournament Fighters for the Super Nintendo that will have online play. Which is which is cool. I wish I wish all of the, yeah, I, I wish Manhattan Project did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I'm glad that there's anything like this. This collection sounds so cool. Um, and so it originally it was uh, announced during playstation's uh state of play uh which is kind of like nintendo direct um but for playstation specifically um so originally it was for like an hour it was only confirmed for playstation and playstation uh, playstation 4 and 5 and then like an hour later konami put out their own trailer that confirmed xbox you know one and then the series x and s switch and pc uh, it is coming this year in 2022. Don't know when, uh, and it's going to be retailing for 39.99, both a physical and digital edition. Wow! Wow, that's so, a good price. Uh, forty, yeah, forty bucks for thirteen games. Yeah. Um, I, I'm definitely picking this up. Like and with the Japanese version of Tournament Fighters, now you're going to be able to see Oscar's butt. Yes, finally. Yeah, finally. <laughs> I was trying to think like what differences would there be. Uh, I know there's some very subtle ones, but I've seen yes, I've seen videos of people showing the difference between like the different versions. Like I think there was a video specifically on the character of Asuka that I watched, and it kind of got into that like she was originally supposed to be that. Change. Yeah, yeah. she's supposed to be that character from like TMNT three. Mitsu, uh, Mitsu, yeah. Mitsu, yeah. She was originally supposed to be her, and then they changed the name, and then. And then also, the yeah, version she's like her her costume's a little bit more revealing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's just booty shorts, but uh, so so yeah, I'm 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 so stoked for this. Like it, I I I was already watching State of Play, like just because I wanted to see all the new PlayStation like content and stuff, and then this came out of nowhere, and like I like gasped at work and my coworker was like are you okay and i'm like oh it's turtles um <laughs> so i'm like trying to screenshot the video like going um <laughs> so i can so i can put our facebook post up real quick it's cool too because i remember talking with you guys about like how cool it would be if they did this and how they, konami must be listening to our podcast Right? yeah exactly obviously <laughs> i mean like obviously. yeah like people people have been asking for years like i know like i have been like every time the ninja turtle social uses that old like that old fake pixel art that they use uh for, like you know like oh wouldn't it be cool if there was like ninja turtle classic games like this and it's like you have ninja turtle classic games that look like that just put those out and you know i'm sure there's a ton of licensing games because this is a konami collection um so it's going to be, if you're familiar with um, the Castlevania collections that I mentioned earlier, um, Contra, it's, it's being presented kind of like that, which those collections are fantastic. I have all, uh, I think the only one I don't have is the arcade collection, but I have, you know, Castlevania, Castlevania Advance and Contra. And those are fantastic collections. Oh. So, 
yeah, just and that this is getting physical and like not even like a special edition physical, like limited run games or anything. This is just this is just gonna be a physical version. Like that's crazy. Very cool. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So is that all our news for this oh, week? That I is. think so. I'm out of breath. <laughs> all right. Spencer, what are we gonna do next week? Next week, I have been waiting for this for a very long time. We're finally coming up upon the 15th anniversary of TMNT 2007. Oh, boy. Oh, I love that movie. I, I don't, not to bury the lead or anything, but I love that movie. <laughs> I love this movie as well. Yeah. So, like, we are now finally entering Turtles that were my childhood. Oh, cool. No. No. Only took, only took over a year. And yeah. that will be real. And then we'll be right back into Turtles from my childhood. <laughs> yes. So I am very excited for this. This is where I get to get all nostalgic and have fun. <laughs> so I cannot wait to cover this movie. Oh, yeah. man. All right, guys. So that is the show for the week. Uh, like we said, we're going to be watching 2007 uh, TMNT next week. So watch that movie with us. Um, you know, and then let us know you know your if you have any fond memories of that movie or you know whatever like, let us know um because we'd love to mention that on the show um you can let us know anywhere on the internet at ninja turtle ph that's n-i-n-j-a-t-u-r-t-l-e-p-h i don't know why i spelled it out this time uh <laughs> if you guys uh, have a friend that loves the show if you love the show leave us a review uh share it with a friend and uh yeah we love you all right, guys, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Shut up. As much as I love this movie, um, I'm going to leave the sum- summation to you. Because <laughs> I do not want to uh, summarize. There's a lot of stuff going on in that movie. There is a lot um, of in that movie. I hate this movie. Somehow I knew. <laughs> Just kidding. Somehow I don't hate this movie. Oh, I don't hate this movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, have, I have issues with it, but I have fond memories of this movie. Good, good. I, I mean, I actually, now that I'm older, I do have one, like, plot contrivance issue with the movie that I will discuss in next week's episode. There is one issue that right. I've seen as an adult where I'm like, this doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. But overall, so, I still love this movie. I well, already, my main issue... Okay. I was going to say, I already kind of started doing research for this uh, for this movie. Um, I know there were a bunch of prequel comics that came out. I only have one of them. I only have the Donatello one, but I guess Spencer, you'll like this. The Ninja Tribunal and the Ancient One from the 2003 series uh, show up in Leonardo's one shot prequel. Comic. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, uh, I think I those. did know that because this was like 
we'll talk about it next week but i remember like they were really really like for some reason peter laird was really like back and forth on like how close he wanted this movie to tie into 2003 Mm -hmm. like it was never as far as i know it was never supposed to be a 2003 movie but like he was very loosey-goosey with the continuity and so like things like that he introduced in 2003 kind of bled over to 2007 and then vice versa yeah yeah i think it's officially in its own canon but it it does like and we'll talk about it next week i think it i think it works well within 2003 so there's like a specific episode of 2003 i'm like if you just stopped halfway through this episode you could then watch the 2007 movie, no problem. But there you go. We'll get into that next week. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, All right gentlemen. Cool. I'm going to go eat dinner. Yep. I'm going to just right. avoid the internet so no one can ruin my Obi-Wan Kenobi hype with their complaints uh, of the Inquisitor's look. Uh, yeah. Then I'll just tell you right that, now. So. Then I'll just tell you right now. It's looks stupid. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm just kind of like, all right, guys, like, get over it. <laughs> it's 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 hard to get over because they've already done the inquisitor in like they've already done that species in live action that's why i'm that's why i'm personally disappointed yeah well i mean but the thing is is like you got to get a guy that can do stunts move around and do a lot of things you can't get the weird looking guy and just put makeup on him that's what they did for they got the weird looking guy and put makeup on him. this one's got to fight he's got to do things they also got to get like an actor that's got some acting chops on him. I mean, sure, but at the same time, you can do that with CG. You can, but everyone would complain about it. That's what everyone always complains about with Star Wars whenever they use CG for things. And so they're not using CG, they're using practical effects, and now everyone hates it because they're not using CG. Is this Obi-Wan or something else in Obi-Wan? It's just the it's, new it's, Obi-Wan show that's coming out. They released a teaser. Oh, so they just like put makeup on you and McGregor? No, no, it's um the Grand Inquisitor. Have you ever have you ever seen uh Rebels? Nope. You should watch Rebels. It's really good. Okay. Um, but also uh a friend of mine, um, like one of one of my one of my wife's bridesmaids, um, worked on the show. She designed she designed the Fifth Brothers costume. Awesome. Well, I don't think she designed it. She worked on it. She was like, she she, had, she told me she had worked on the show, but she didn't tell me like what she did on it. So I had to wait until today for her to tell, <laughs> tell me. Huh. Yeah. Right. yeah. I just looked at a side-by-side picture of the Inquisitor from the show and from Rebels. And like the Rebels one is not a human face shape. Yeah, no. it, and, and that's that's the thing is like in the movies they did that with makeup and i get it like spencer said you can't do it and it's the ahsoka tano thing like her, her you know her headdress couldn't be as big as it is in in rebels because like she had to physically move around in it i get it right. but also you don't have to do it that way I mean, yes, like you can use CGI, but everyone always gets upset. Star Wars fans are always very sensitive about using CGI (laughs) on anyone. They will immediately just because that pod race looks horrible today doesn't mean we've been scarred our entire lives. The pod race, race, 
Yeah, the Padres holds up great. I just watched Phantom Menace not too long ago, yeah. like a week ago. Jar Jar Binks sometimes doesn't look that great. Same with a few of like the animals they ride around. But for the most part, like yeah. for the most part, Phantom Menace is a miracle for how good its CGI looks. Like for yeah. how good it holds I think up. I think I think the I think the droids all look great still. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, Jar 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 probably is aged pretty is aged pretty badly. Um but yeah, it's Phantom Menace still holds up, I think. So, guys, this is completely off topic, but I, I put in my two weeks at work and I just got an oh. email from LinkedIn with uh, suggested jobs. I'm pretty sure one of them is the job I just put in my two weeks for. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to jump off here. All right. Yeah. All right. Dylan. Take care. Take care. And the big news, obviously, Calabunga collection. And yeah, it is coming to Switch. Woo! Perfect. So I don't know. I don't know how to stream on Switch. Like that's harder to do. Yeah. Um, because you. Well, I'll be on my more... Switch. You can be on your PC or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you... Huh? Is it? Does it have crossplay? We don't know. Okay. Hmm. I hope it has crossplay. That'd be nice. We'll just go get a couple PS4s, guys. Come on. I didn't have a PS3. I'm way behind. My PS2 is still hooked up behind me. Uh, <laughs> well, PS2 is fine because that's vintage. But if I still had a working PS2, oh man. Yeah, I want to read one of the discs for the turtles earlier. The one with a uh, Planet of the Turtles. I was a little pissed at it, but we'll My, see. Um... I still have my PS3 and I, I have the backwards compatible one so like I can play PS2 games on it. Oh nice. I don't have it hooked up anymore because I don't want that thing to like fry <laughs> on me. Mm-hmm. Because those ones are prone to dying. So I know once it goes, that's that's it. <laughs>